In the last 10 years, our field has gone from an unknown specialty to a household name. This brings unprecedented opportunities, but we need to rise up to meet them and give our patients the care that they deserve. In order to help others get better, we need to be better. This podcast will help you to become more confident with your patients, more successful in your practice or business, and a leader in pelvic health. And we're gonna have some fun along the way. Join us as we rise together. We're Jesse and Nicole Cozine, founders of Pelvic Sanity Physical Therapy and the creators of the Pelvic PT Huddle. And this is Pelvic PT Rising. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Pelvic PT Rising Podcast with Jesse and Nicole Cozine. Hey Nicole. Hello. I almost made her jump the gun right there. I know, you almost made me mess up. Don't do that. I'm messing with my cadence here. Okay, I don't like it. Keeping you on your toes. Okay. Last time, we talked about finding your dream job and trying to create it in your current place. If it's close enough, and if it's not, how to go and look for a job, the strategy behind that. Now we're going to get into the tactics, the nitty gritty. We're going to go through 10 things to be doing when you are looking for a job. And if you're an employer, you can flip this around. These are the 10 things you should be looking for in your employee. Totally. So here we go. There's gonna We're just going to kind of go through these and why it's important and you better do them if you are coming to Pelvic Sanity. <laughs> By the way, we are hiring and we're looking for somebody who's going to do these 10 things. So we're literally giving you the script to give yourself a head start to work for us. That's it. So first things first, do your research. You should know everything that it is possible to know about the place you're going to go. The appointment length, the pricing, what their website looks like, what their social media is like, their insurance model, their patient population. You'll get a really good sense of that, or you should, from their social media, from their website. If you need to call them to ask about pricing, that would be another great thing to do. Call and pretend to be a patient. See what that process looks like. Anything you can do to get information on this. And why is this so important, Nicole? Because you need to have, first of all, you need to understand like what you're looking for to see if like it's even a good fit. So you better not be, if you've already done your research and you're not going to be a good fit, then it's like, nope. But if with this is going to help you to have meaningful conversations and meaningful questions during your interview, if this is not done, then the foundation for a good conversation is not there. And then you turn into just another person that is looking for a pelvic PT job. We want somebody to show that they care about the business and about how we are providing pelvic health care. And if you don't do your research, then this conversation becomes very superficial and you're just kind of going through the motions during the interview process, but this is going to, whether or not you can find it or not on the website is not like, for instance, we don't have pricing on our website. So if you're not going to call our front desk and ask about it, you should at least say, how much are your guys' sessions here? I know you're in, you don't take insurance or you're not cat or your cash-based practice. So but I couldn't find that on your website. Couldn't find that on your website. Would love to know like what you charge for an initial evaluation and what your follow-up visits are. 
And you should be doing this. This is another, and we're going to talk about this. This is going to be a common theme throughout these 10 things, but it demonstrates that you give a damn about where you're going to be spending one third of your life. Seriously, one that's, third that's of your it. life. That's it. One third of your life working, <laughs> one third of your life sleeping, and one third of your life discretionary time. Like, that's it. And so if you haven't bothered to like look at the website of the place where you want to spend one third of your life, we're not going to be impressed with <laughs> your yeah. dedication to yeah, that. Yeah, we always tell the story about there was a person that came through that didn't know that we had written a book. There was another person that didn't know that we were married. And so it's like, well, that's like right on our website. It's on the podcast. Like, oh my gosh, you have to know some of these basic things. They were real surprised when we started kissing. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> we do know, not do that in interviews. I just want to point that out for any potential legal. Yeah, you know, we just don't get us soon. <laughs> right. So, but, and then know how many other people work there. Oh, I saw that. You, are you looking to up? I see you have four rooms here and five therapists listed. Are you looking for part-time, full-time? Like what's going on? So just be observational, have actual questions about things that you're finding when you're doing that research. Cool. Second thing, be early. This should go without saying, but... But we have to say it. We have to say it. And don't be wandering around the parking lot calling us two minutes beforehand being like, I'm having a hard time finding you. I can't find you. it. Okay. Right? Nope. That means you should have gotten there 30 minutes early, found our door, and then hung out in your car or pop in a few minutes early. But again, what are you saying to your employer? We're looking for somebody who's super dependable, who we can give a key to our place to, and you can't show up on time for your interview, that does not bode well for showing up on time every day for the rest of your work career. Totally. I will also say this. We've had somebody that's come too early though and was sitting there like 35 minutes in our waiting room too, which I found that kind of weird. So that normal amount of just being a few couple minutes early, but being prepared to walk in the door. If your interview time is at eight, you're walking in at 7.58, right? So you want to be the appropriate amount. We got the Goldilocks thing going on, right? right? You don't want to be the weirdo that's like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and work on my computer in your waiting room. Like, no. Very true. Okay. So next thing, come prepared with your resume. Again, should go without saying, but it doesn't. Even if you've emailed it, even if we've had an initial thing and we've clearly had it in our possession. I want you to have that. We're it's a little not old about school us. that way. Yeah, right. for sure. It's like, if you want to save a tree, save a tree on someone else's dime for that situation. I want to see that you are prepared with a resume. I want to see that like where I want to see personally, like where you have it. Is it crinkled? Like we're looking for all of those things. So I just need it to be very like professional. Like what do you have? Do you have like a little black little folder thing? Does, is it do you have daisies on yours? Like, I want to see like what kind of a person you are. Yes. Next piece on that, come prepared with your references. Have them on your resume. We should not have to ask who we can contact and you should not be fumbling around and saying, well, you know, I guess you could call this person, but you know, I I didn't leave there on great terms. So, you know, maybe (laughs) not call them and they don't know that I'm moving yet. So, you know, let me talk to them and then you can this, no. Right. This can be tricky, right? Because, you know, you're probably told sometimes that with a resume, you say at the bottom for your references available on request, but you need to, we do call your references and we do check up on those. So you need to at least have in preparation, because again, think about it from the employer standpoint, we are interviewing multiple people and 
we need somebody when we're hiring. So it's like, we want the process. It's already taking a long time. We want the process to go smooth. And if you have to be like, well, actually like, let me just wait and see. Like Jesse was saying, it's like, no, we just need you to have contacted those people already. You are prepared to give us their information. Those people you should have told that (laughs) you have that on there as a reference and they should be ready for our phone call and ready to call us back. That's a couple bonus things on here. One, if we contact your references and we're not getting a call back pretty quickly, not a great sign. And And it would be, I mean, talk about bonus points. You would get so many bonus points if you're like, and she's typically available. She sees patients from eight to five. And so after that, this is her cell phone number. And you said you could text her, right? Because you should have a good relationship with the person that is giving you that reference. Another really good tip there as we go into just like the bonus things on your references. If they have already written, pre-written a letter for you, that's great. We're still going to call them probably. But that has just indicated that you have somebody who is willing to go to bat for you like that. So, And we've had candidates who have done that. That's only been one or two people. But again, think about taking the time to just have that done. Have them write a little two-paragraph thing about how great you were in your last clinical rotation that you can then take, not just to us, but to anybody else you're doing this with. And it's just automatic, immediate social proof that we don't have to go and dig through and do all this investigating to get. So... References, important. Number five is match and slightly exceed the dress code. And this is a little bit of the Goldilocks philosophy as well. But Nicole, give us the the download. Yeah, so the download on this is, then this is a little bit tough, right? And you have to match like where you're going to be. If you're going to go into a hospital-based clinic that typically is like a little bit more dressy. Usually they have a little bit more strict dress code. You're meeting with an administrator and an HR professional. You're not meeting with an owner or a clinician. Or they might have you go down to the HR place, right? So it's like, just make sure that you are you're not underdressing. So that would not be the place to wear athletic leisure stuff necessarily. Now, even at our place, if you know, if you've like seen us, like look at people's social media, like clearly I'm at work. What am I wearing at work? I've joked about wearing dusters, right? Stuff like that. I would probably still go just above that cute shirt, and slacks or something like that, even though you know that that probably wouldn't be like, what would you wear to like, I don't know, CSM or something like that, like a little bit, a little bit more, but not, but you don't have to wear the suit and the blazer. Right. You don't like, have to go I would crazy be like, overboard. I think that's, that's where we're talking is don't get too nuts and then tailor your tailoring to where you're going to be visiting. And so, you know, we're kind of middle of the road at Pelvic Sanity. If you're going to a place and you look on their website and everybody's in khakis and polos, like that's another level down. And then you can, you know, match a little bit closer to that. Mm -hmm. So just be cognizant of that and and where you're going. And again, err on the side of being too dressy, but you also don't want to go whatever the female equivalent of a tuxedo is when you're coming into our place. And that's about all I know about wardrobe. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing too, it's like, you still need to look like a PT. So this is not the time to bring your cute dress either. Like just don't do it. So this is some practical tips here. Just don't be weird. Cool. Another (laughs) one. Speaking of the don't be weird, say hello to everybody when you come in. Gosh, darn it. I know you're nervous and you should be a little bit nervous, frankly, that those a little bit of nervous jitters are good, but man, 
I, everybody, at least at Pelvic Sanity, knows that you're coming in. Everybody knows that we're going to have a couple person, a person doing an interview here and smile at people and interact with the front desk staff when she's not busy. And if a patient sits at the waiting room, be like, oh my gosh, like how cute, look, your blouse is so cute or whatever. Interact with people so that your presence is positively known there. You don't want to be the weirdo that's like looking at your phone. You don't want to be like tapping your foot, like all nervous either. It's just be normal when you're sitting in the thing and be personable because that's what we're going to be expecting of you when you're actually seeing patients. And guess what is going to happen as soon as you leave? You walk out the door and then everybody who saw you is going to have their opinion. 100%. Carrie at the front desk is going to turn to us and be like, oh, she was so nice. She was so nice. She went right up to me. Mostly because I'm being like, you freaking need to observe these people as soon as they walk in the darn door. Right. Your interview starts from the moment you walk through the door. So all of that. And if we're talking about, can you interact well with patients? Can you interact well with our staff? Well, we're looking for that before you even get into the interview room. So thinking about that when you walk in, number seven is just let your personality show. And we talked about this a lot in our previous episode on more of the strategy here, but just be authentic. Like we want to know kind of right away, is this going to be a good match for both of us? It's a two-way street. So let your personality show. And I know, again, sometimes that can be really hard when you are in an interview, you're nervous, all of that, but it is not the end of the world if you crack a joke. It is not the end of the world if you show a little emotion or something you're fired up about. Like let your personality out a little bit and then if it's crickets and like, wow, your sense of humor is not going to be a fit here, <laughs> then at least we know it early. But that's not going to happen. But just the more personality you're letting show, the better. Because you can have a great resume. You can be super qualified. But if we're interviewing four people, how do you stick out among those four people? And a lot of it's going to be letting your personality show. So A, you have to stick out. But B, you have to show us who we're going to be around. We're at Pelvic Sanity a lot. We're going to be spending a lot of time together. And we need to like you also. And so the only way that we can know if we really do is if you are actually yourself. And that doesn't, and you can be quirky. You can be like a little funky in certain ways, like, but just let that show through and we can laugh about it and we can have a good time. But we need to know who we're hiring at the end of that interview. And it's hard because we only have like an hour and a half to figure it out. If you actually think about it from an employer perspective, it's freaking nerve wracking to make a huge ass decision. It is a huge ass decision to take somebody on. We do not take that lightly and no employer does usually and should either. So it's like, it's a big deal. You owe it to the whole process to show yourself authentically and show your personality. So we all know (laughs) what we're dealing with. And the same thing for your employer. If you're, if you're sitting there and you're not getting any sense of that from your employer, that's also a little bit of a red flag. Totally. We want to tell you about pelvic sanity, about our history, about what we believe in, about the interactions that we have, about what we want the feel of the clinic to be like. We want to be open and transparent and authentic with that so that you can see the same thing that we want to see from you. You can see what it would be like to work here. And can you do that? As we're going through the interview, we're going to ask you, do you have any questions? The right answer to this is not no, I'm good. 
That's not the right answer. Yeah, there's, you guys, there's I, no wrong is, answers, but that one's wrong. This is actually something that most people, even the people, some of the people that we've hired, and super nice, right? Because it's hard. It's actually the more. This is actually an interesting point. The more conversational and the more real your interview is, the more you are getting some of these things out in the conversation of the interview. And but you have better have some good questions for us, a lot of them. So, and most of them should be hit, but you should have at least two or three at the end where when we say, what other questions do you have for us? You better have something that's meaningful. This goes back to doing your research. Same thing. We want to know that you care about where you're going to be spending one third of your life and that you want to be in the right place. So, Thinking about questions that can be clinical, they can be just logistical and what are my hours? They can be what are the long-term goals? So just blowing through a bunch, like you should know if it hasn't come up in the interview about the patient population, about referral sources and what kind of people you're getting. Anything else about patient care, when you're looking to start, what your hours are going to be. Is there any flexibility in that? Is there going to be mentorship? What does that program look like? Who's going to be doing it? All of this stuff on the clinical side. And What's then, the con ed? Where do you guys have my chart? Do you guys provide computer? Like all those are those all logistical things. stuff. And then getting to more of the philosophical deep stuff of tell me a little bit about the team and how long they've been here. That's a great question because we would love to talk about and brag about our people. And if you've got a somebody who's like, oh, well, I don't, you know, if they're bad mouthing their employees <laughs> when you ask that question, oh, yeah, she's not been that great. There's a lot that you learn about how somebody talks about their staff and how the, everything works. One that would be really bomb. I've used this one in an interview before, and I we've not had anybody actually do this with this. But what would be a concern that you see about my resume or experience level? Like, let's get it out on the table. Dude, that would be freaking baller if someone said that. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about my resume? And if we say no, then then your next question should be, okay, when do I start? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but that that is like, get some of those things out. Because for example, let's say you took a gap year and traveled in the middle of something. Like that's going to be a question that your employer has. And if, if nobody has brought that up, you want the opportunity to address anything. So something like that. I don't think you have to use those exact words, but yeah, is there anything else that that you want to make sure that you know or get out? What are the most important attributes for my success here? How's my performance going to be measured? Dude, that's a good one. Yeah. What are the performance measures things? Yeah. So, crazy. All so of that stuff. You, because the answer is right. It's either going to be productivity based. It's like, what is going to be happening? And then you, the answers, again, you can see, does that fit with the ethos? Are they more nonchalant about stuff? Do they say productivity, but it's really not, it's only one of the other performance measures. Like there's just so much to, to gain in that, in that conversation, but you need to have, have had a thoughtful process. And a lot of that comes preparing before you actually sit in the interview. So you're not super scared. It's almost like you should have a checklist of things that you want to understand during the interview. And as you're going through whether you actually check it off or not, then you check it off so that you have some things to talk about at the end. So that was number eight. Have some good questions. Number nine is be prepared for hands-on or be prepared, basically be prepared to say yes to dive into whatever we're doing. And that's something that we look for and we will do a hands-on component of the interview process. And it's like, that should be like 
pause deer in headlights for a half second. Half a beat. And then, cool. Yeah, let's go. I want to show you my stuff. Even you're, again, you're not going to ever be, I want to say never, never, but you're not going to be disqualified by that. But we're looking to see that you're willing to like just jump in to take on a challenge, that you're the kind of person who is going to be able to jump in and work with a, a patient and then is going to also like, Help us with the dishes if we need it. And it's yeah. like, you, and it's, the, and it's also not even just only about that. It's from an employer perspective and someone that for me personally, that really values teaching and mentorship. I just need to know where you are. So I need to know what I've got in store for me in terms of teaching that I'm just gathering information. So it's not a test. This is not a practical. You can say, I don't know. You can say, I don't know, know. but I would say this, that you need to say, if, if I ask you to do something and you're, you have, don't have any idea what I'm asking you to do, then you say, I don't know, but can you give me a, a little bit more context? And then I can show you something else that I do know. So there's all kinds of of cool things like that, that can we can really glean from an, an in-person interview. And that's what I really want to see, because that's really what your primary role is. You're going to be treating patients. It should be all hands on deck. It should be super stoked to help somebody and you should kind of be game. And I'll tell you this, it's because of things like this. So one of the very first person that we hired is she's still working for us. And the very first day of her employment, when she was doing some training, we got a call from somebody that was in town and needed some pelvic PT because she was flaring. And we were like, okay, like... You comfortable? Like- <laughs> Here we go. You have an eval because my schedule was full. And she was like, sure. And that was the first person that gave us a rev- our very first review was how amazing... Dr. Sharon was <laughs> instead and she of Dr. Had Nicole. No idea that that was literally the first day she was there and ready to see patients. Yeah, so, so it was super just that, awesome. That ability to roll up your sleeves. And honestly, I think almost all of our employees have had a similar story of some kind of out of town person or somebody that they just got kind of thrown in the fire with early on. And like that. That's, that's what we want to see. Roll up your sleeves and get to work. Yeah, so. ma'am. That's why, that's why we do that. You should be game for that and you should be ready for it. And But again, it's not a grade. Yeah. And number 10, professional follow-up. So if you are excited about the opportunity, right that afternoon, this early is, the next morning, it's... This is not about slow playing. You know what? Right. This is not about the dating game where it's like, well, you know, we, I don't want to seem too eager. We want to know that you are eager about the position. In fact, you should be, in my opinion, almost ready to verbally say, yes, this is the this is the place for me. I really am interested in this job. I would say yes to an offer if you gave it to me type of a situation. If you're not 100% prepared to do that, that gets a little tricky with the end of the interview process. But if you want the job, you need to follow up pretty damn immediately with excitement and openness to next steps. So we want to see that. We don't want someone that's wishy-washy at our job. And if your person's not getting back to you for a couple of days, it is totally fine to reach out again and remind and just say, again, not anything rude, but just your professional piece of this of you know, hey, was just wondering if you had any extra questions. I had talked to my references and they're they're ready for your call. 
whatever it is, just a little jog. Because again, you don't necessarily know what's going on at that clinic and what's going on with the owners. And you just want to put yourself back in front of them politely and professionally, but letting them again, know that you're interested and it's not going to drag on for two weeks without them talking to you. So just or a professional follow-up. Yeah. Or if it does, it might not be. Remember, it's not always about you. It's not like, oh, they're not interested anymore. There's a lot of shit that goes on when you're hiring. And as a business owner, I can tell you that sometimes things just fall down onto the priority list just with whatever. You just or have even no timing. idea. Yeah, that you don't have any idea what the process is like. So you might have been the very first person to interview and somebody else might have scheduled an interview for two weeks after that and the person's not ready to make a call until they've interviewed everybody else. It does not mean anything about you, but you should be pushing a little bit, again, politely, professionally, to let them know that you're interested and to make sure that you're not dropping off of their radar during that process and you're communicating. They should be able to say, hey, we're actually going to be doing our next round or communicating again at the end of next week. We'll contact you then. That's the perfect thing to do. So real quick summary, do your research, be early, come prepared with your resume, come prepared for your references, make sure your dress code is matching and exceeding where you want to be. Say hello to everyone. Your interview starts the moment you walk through the door. Number seven is let your personality show in the interview. Number eight is being sure you are prepared with questions. Number nine, be prepared for hands-on work to say yes, to be ready to roll up your sleeves and get to work. And number 10 are professional, courteous, polite follow-ups, letting the person know where you stand in the job. So we really hope if you guys are out there looking, if this is... Hopefully this is helpful. If you guys have questions about how to rock an interview, please let us know. But as always, we want to keep this conversation going. And let's continue to rise.